Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. We traveled all the way to Alaska to try our hand at off-grid life. We've been there now for six days. We're standing outside of the cabin in the pouring rain, and we're talking about, well, <laughs> we're talking about leaving. I feel like we're hitting a bit of a wall right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where... Yes. I don't enjoy this. That's it. We can't do this. We can't stay here. It wasn't even a week, and already I felt like we had to quit our off-grid adventure. Why? If you're an off-grid dreamer or someone who plans to go off-grid one day, you're going to want to listen to this episode. Because it turns out we were making a mistake that a lot of people make when they decide to go off-grid. And it can lead to some pretty serious consequences. It all started back in the winter. When we decided to challenge ourselves to off-grid life in Alaska, we figured it would be a good idea to scout locations and talk to locals to know what to expect. So last winter, I headed to Alaska with my dad and son. Okay, can you believe it? It's Tomsky. We're at Tomsky. And, uh, the road is a little bit of a dirt road, but it's only been this way for a couple minutes. Most of the road in here was paved and maintained really nice. It supposedly has a nice view, but wouldn't know today. The road's not in bad shape. The Talking to the Alaska locals, I heard a lot of warnings. Of course, the bears. Everyone's going to warn you about the bears. Then there was transportation. A regular two-wheel drive vehicle's not going to cut it. You need four-wheel drive, snow machines, maybe even a sled dog team. And then the weather. Winter, well, it's just downright deadly. Fall falls like early winter. In spring, there's a thing that's called breakup that happens. And let's just say if you've ever been through a breakup, you know it's not fun, so. But summers in Alaska, well, they were totally different. Everybody who described Alaskan summers talked about them as being glorious. Not too hot, not too cold, just Goldilocks right. Since the off-grid challenge was gonna be three months long, 
Kay and I decided summer would be the perfect time to head to Alaska. These just right summers would allow us to go live remote off the grid without worry about the weather. We'd be able to work side by side with our kids, get off the screens and get out into the wilderness, and then build a campfire, have some s'mores. It would be perfect. And yeah, it would be challenging, right? Taking eight people who are used to modern technology in a big home, cramming them into 300 square feet, but with such a gorgeous summer, who would even want to be inside? This episode of the Alaska Off-Grid Challenge is called I Quit. Uh, Iliamna, rain and low clouds, only 52 degrees. This area has already picked up about an inch of rainfall with perhaps uh, another quarter, half an inch on the way. The weather report was not good. There was a lot of rain headed our way. And this was going to make things especially difficult for us at our rustic A-frame cabin where we had planned to stay the entire summer off-grid in Alaska. You see, this cabin, it didn't have a working indoor kitchen and it did not have an outhouse. That meant cooking and using the bathroom were both things we had to do outside and we were going to have to do outside in this huge oncoming rain. We had set up an outdoor kitchen area to do all our cooking, but it was completely uncovered and it was getting drenched. Kay and I got dressed and we headed outside to go and fix the situation and try to improve things a little bit. It is 40 degrees, beautiful summer. <laughs> we were told that the summers here were, this is a quote, glorious. I heard the words intoxicating. <laughs> I could quit this real quick. They never said warm or sunny, so maybe we should have asked more questions. I remember talking to Gridlessness about off-grid life and them talking about how, you know, they started off camping and as problems would arise, they would just fix them, fix them and improve situations. And now I understand what that means because you might think like, guys, you know it's going to rain, prepare for rain. That's our cooking station. And there's no tarp above it. When we arrived, there were so many problems that we had to address, like no source of heat in the cabin, no source of working water for the cabin, right? These were the top priority. So worrying about the rain. When it wasn't raining. When it wasn't raining, just, well, Here we, we didn't. So now today it's raining and we want to make breakfast and go poop in our <laughs> open concept, open concept outhouse. And uh, well, we get to set this up at the rain today, so we've... It's a deconstructed... A <laughs> deconstructed cabin. <laughs> today we're going to hang some tarps in the rain it and then cook breakfast. summer, like officially summer. Oh yeah, it's like legit Alaska summer. Yeah. I, f I forgot like a hat. I didn't bring any kind of warm hat. On a whim, Kay packed our uh, insulated overalls and... Our winter overalls. Good thing because Because it'll keep us dry, our jeans dry. Because we, we won't them. be able to dry anything on the line. Not that oh we my have one goodness, we can't even dry these clothes. No. We'll have to hang them up inside. So. Well, let's Kitchen get, first, let's I guess. get hanging some tarps here. We needed to build some kind of tarp roof to our outdoor kitchen area so that we could cook in the rain. 
So I headed into the woods with a handsaw and I looked for some small yeah. pine trees I could cut down. Gonna hang a tarp off this cabin and there's no trees around to, uh, you know, lash a tarp to. So we're gonna move a few trees this morning. I found a couple small pine trees that we were able to turn into posts, and I placed them off the corners of the cabin. Now we had to attach the tarp to the pine trees, and I had just the thing. Better than rope. Heavy duty zip ties. Never leave home without them. So I, th I think if I went on that show alone, where you can only bring 10 items to the wilderness, I would bring heavy duty zip ties. My son helped me stretch a really big tarp from the cabin out to these pine tree poles. And now we had ourselves a covered area that we could cook outside in. Well, feeling pretty proud of our, uh, our first official off-grid structure that we've built. We attached the tarp to the A-frame and then we just, uh, Made some little stakes out of extra pieces of pine, little paracord. We got ourselves a nice, nice tarp hanging over our uh, cooking camp, and now Kay's making us some lovely. Oh, sunshine! What are you making us, lovely? Um, I think eggs. Eggs and bacon. Yeah. We cured up. We cured up like 50 pounds. Sorry, 50 pounds of farm fresh bacon just for this trip. So knew we'd need the bacon. This is funny, it's like the early stages of this, you know, getting here and setting up. Just to make breakfast this morning, we had to build this whole, you know, rainproof shelter. It's a lot of that, like you can't just make breakfast or you can't just, you know, take a bath. It's like, you gotta go through a whole ordeal first. And by the time, I mean, it's probably coming up on lunchtime at this point. <laughs> yeah. And we're having, we haven't had coffee yet, no breakfast, but it's part of that like getting set up stage of this, you know, endeavor. One of our big hopes with the Off Grid Challenge was that we would spend time outside working and playing with our kids. But because it was so rainy and we didn't have a dryer, we couldn't let the kids go outside and get their clothes all wet. They wouldn't have anything left to wear. So they stayed inside, they did a few chores, and then they played on the tablet. Meanwhile, Kay and I worked outside in the cold rain. We had to do some reorganizing, get the kitchen underneath our new covered porch so that we could cook in the rain <laughs> because it was clear that wasn't going anywhere. All right, so uh, day one, we got here, we just set up like our sink area and our cooking area, but today we're trying to move it around and make it work better. Let's see if we can come up with something that works good here. We got the kitchen reorganized and it would definitely work a lot better, but by now Kay and I were both cold and damp and chilled. I feel like we're hitting a bit of a wall right now. Oh yeah, where yes. I don't enjoy this very much. Do you feel the same way? This weather is just This, this weather awful. is so awful. It's so awful. So lessons to learn from this are don't move oh. onto your off-grid property. <laughs> My hair's getting bigger. When it's cold and rainy, wait for nice weather. We, it's summer. We're supposed to be in Alaska in the summer. 
I mean, we are in Alaska in the summer. The summer is just really bad right now. It's really bad. Um, so They did say it's like the rainiest, coldest in a long time. So Take your vitamin D. <laughs> I did. I was like, why am I so depressed? Maybe it's because I haven't seen the sun in three uh, days. My wife is a farm girl who is not afraid of hard work. She only asks one thing at the end of each day. She talked about it in the video we made about our biggest fears going off grid. I am not afraid of working hard. I'm not afraid of maintenance. I'm Burn. not afraid to do stuff. It's when no one's I allowed to. I can cook to... over a campfire. I can wash clothes by hand, but I just want to have a hot bath at the end of the day. Without a lot of work, I know you can boil a pot of water, but you gotta make a fire. Mommy needs a bath. Uh, but my husband has assured me that he will have hot water for me. So what's got Kay down? It's not all the work. It's the fact that she's been chilled to the bone. Here in the rain on this cold summer day, it was time for me to make good on my hot bath promise. Okay, so a little bit of uh, off-grid ingenuity here. We have a water system we're using, the Julka for showers and a sink. Uh, it's an instant hot water propane heater. You set how much you want your water pressure to be, how much heat you want in your bath. We have a hose that's hooked up to it. We have running water hooked up to it. And then over here we have propane all hooked up to this unit. You turn the water on. Make sure your propane is on. You heard it just turn on there. It's already working. You know, we're so far from town, so far from the store. Whatever we can build out of the stuff we got is gonna save us money and time, and that's kind of how it starts off with this off-grid life here. Off-grid shower, that'll work. I was pretty dirty and also pretty chilled. It seemed like a perfect time to test out the off-grid outdoor heated shower. Boy, that works pretty good, actually. Tastes like a sauna. Ah, yeah, so we got the bath working, and let's be honest, there's nothing quite like a nice hot bath at the end of a long, cold, hard day of work. I'm feeling pretty good at this point. Like, we've fixed a lot of problems, we've built a lot of better infrastructure, and there's nothing that could come along and make me want to quit this off-grid challenge just six days in. Good. Right? The next day, we woke up to another gorgeous summer day in Alaska, 40 degrees and rainy. The cabin was cold and damp. It was uncomfortable. So as the dad, you know it's my job to climb out from underneath those cozy covers and go warm the place up. So I threw on my woolly socks and my thermals and I got to work. When we first arrived, we noticed that the wood stove in the cabin was completely unusable. It was rusted out. It wasn't a big concern to us because after all, it is summer and the temperature is never gonna be dangerously cold. Don't forget, we're only here for the summer. So we don't need to think about heating for the winter time in our off-grid cabin. That said, we wanted to make sure we were always comfortable. So we found a safe to use indoor propane heater. We figured we would get that just to have as a backup to warm the place up, make it comfortable on those chilly mornings. I went to fire up the heater and I couldn't get it to work. I pushed the button to start the pilot light and that took, but then the flame wouldn't catch. So of course I did what any good dad would do. I messed with the knobs, pushed a few buttons, 
flipped it upside down once or twice and looked at the bottom of the thing. Yeah, I couldn't get it fixed. Kay woke up and we went outside and cooked breakfast in the cold. After eating breakfast together, we decided to go back into the cabin and try once more as a team to get this thing to light. Pushed the button once, wouldn't take. Tried it again and again and still nothing. At this point, I'm starting to feel really frustrated. The first week in Alaska has been full of disappointments. So it needs quite a bit of TLC, but you'll see, I guess. It's not a nice place. <laughs> <laughs> no. Problems. Right, well, we have a, a leak in the water in the off the cabin here. So there is an outhouse, um, but it has been condemned. I said, no, it will not work. Add to it this awful cold, wet, rainy weather. I feel like we're hitting a bit of a wall right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> And now I can't get our one source of heat working in the cabin. I said to Kay, that's it. I'm done. Say the word, let's go home. And we did. Okay, that's now what happened. Kay told me to go take a nap and she Googled how to fix the heater. We were having a really hard time getting that propane heater working and I was like, that's it. We can't do this. We can't stay here, but. Yeah, with enough Googling and YouTube videos and Reddit, we figured out. It's with just... my wife's help. She, she said, let's figure this out. Don't quit just yet. And we figured it out and. Uh, yes. Now we can stay. The heat makes a huge difference because. Yeah, like. We can't cook on it, but at least we're warm enough when he starts at about 6 a.m. in the morning and it heats up the cabin so we can all get up and don't feel miserable yeah which is really important it's just one of those morale boosters we wouldn't freeze to death in 40 degrees no but because we're we all have blankets we're all cut it up together but nobody it's, wants to get up and do no. anything myself included i don't even want to get up to start the heat but somebody's got well, to be the, the dad so you lamb, have to so. <laughs> sacrificial dad <laughs> Yeah, that, the heat made a huge difference. It really did. Having the heat working to be able to come in from the cold and rain and just warm yourself up made everything seem easier. And so we kept going. But there is a really good lesson in this experience because honestly, on a small scale, we were making a mistake that some off-gridders make on a much larger scale and it can lead to some really serious consequences. How do I know? Because I talked to our neighbor. I think when a lot of us picture off-grid life in Alaska, we picture these remote cabins that are completely isolated that you gotta fly to. And the idea of having neighbors just seems like crazy. Nobody has neighbors, right? They're just out in the wilderness alone. There are some people who live like that and those cabins certainly exist. But there's a lot of people who live off-grid in off-grid neighborhoods. You can drive down roads for a couple of miles with no power and find a bunch of people living there. And neighbors are actually pretty important in Alaska, maybe more so than in anywhere else in the lower 48. These are the people that you're gonna be calling when you get stuck, when you run off the road, when you shoot a moose and you need help getting it out, or when winter's coming and the roof on your house isn't done. Neighbors are your lifeline. And although our closest neighbor was three miles away, 
we tried to make a point to contact them, meet them, talk to them. And this neighbor, John, he and his family have been living at their off-grid homestead in Alaska for about a decade. In his time, he's seen a lot of people come and go, a lot of broken dreams. He actually wrote a book, A Practical Guide to Off-Grid Living in Alaska, because he saw so many families failing and breaking apart after trying to live off-grid in Alaska, and he wanted to try to help. And I think I noted this in the book too, like a lot of the, a lot of the people that come out here leave divorced. The shock of the different environment and the struggles, they come here as a family and they leave divorced because their family cannot, uh, cannot stay together through the trials. Obviously hearing this from John, I wanted to know why. What causes families to break up? He explained and it sounded eerily familiar. Well, I think the first part is they think it's going to be something it's not. And so your, your expectations are not properly calibrated. There's, there's a cabin just pa back here. It's, it's, a, it's actually a really nice cabin that I helped put the roof on because it was the middle of December and it was about to rain. It's like, and, and then, you know, it's been finished since then. It's a really nice cabin and it is sitting unoccupied for six years now, at wow. least. And because they, they can't figure out their divorce settlement. So the, the, the property hasn't been listed for sale or anything because there's neither, neither one of it, neither one wants to give it to the other, I guess. So yeah, so I think, I think one thing is that people's expectations are not properly calibrated for what it's actually like. The, the TV that I have seen makes it seem like everybody thinks they're going to come live off the land. Everybody thinks they're going to get a moose every year, going to max out on fish every year. And some years we don't get any wild berries at all. The weather's not right. No matter what, you, like you can expect something to not be there in a given year. I think people get the impression that you can just come up here with a box of bullets and you've got your moose and you're set. And it's not that way. Some people come to Alaska for the fish. Some are ready to get their moose. Here we were expecting glorious summers spent outside with our kids. And instead we were all crammed inside this tiny little A-frame, hiding from the cold and the rain. They think it's going to be something it's not. And so your, your expectations are not properly calibrated. John had a lot of great advice for us, and you're gonna hear a lot more from him throughout this series, so stay tuned for that. If you're a homesteady pioneer, you can actually go and watch the extended version of our interview with John. He had some awesome advice on homesteading, Alaska, and off-grid building. If you're considering any of that, you're gonna to wanna to listen to his advice. It will really help you avoid some major mistakes. So there's a link in the description below to the extended version. And if you're not a pioneer, consider becoming one. You'll get access to the Pioneer Library where you'll find a whole entire section on off-grid life that's filled with our in-depth videos all about off-grid living. There you'll find the full-length extended version of the interview with John, commercial-free, as well as all the other off-grid interviews we've done. We've covered a lot of subjects, building off-grid, buying property, alternative home ideas. 
We have a goal throughout this series to bring 100 new Homesteady Pioneers into the community. Click the link below to become a pioneer. We're about a quarter of the way to our goal. We'd love to have you in our community. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Grab your notebooks, it's off-grid lesson time. The whole point of the Off-Grid Challenge is to learn as much as we can about off-grid life and share those lessons with you. And today we have our very first off-grid lesson. There's many more in this series, so stay tuned. The first one we've learned the hard way and John helped us identify it, which is properly calibrate your expectations. What does that mean? Well, some people's expectations, you might even call them dreams, are a lot like a glacier. Alaska is full of glaciers. We went and saw a couple while we were there. They're big and beautiful, majestic, but glaciers are also very fragile. When the hot sun bakes down upon them, they start to melt. Drip by drip, all those little melting droplets come together and they form glacial rivers, which are beautiful. They're a unique turquoise color, but they're also incredibly dangerous. Wherever you see glacial rivers, you'll see signs near them that tell you to stay away from the water, stay back, because they can sweep you off your feet, carry you away, and you're done. Some people's off-grid dreams are like that. They're big and they're beautiful, but the minute the harsh sun bakes down upon them, problems, trials, broken propane heaters, the dream withers away and we can be washed away with it. So if we properly calibrate our expectations, what that means is our off-grid dreams, they're based in reality and things we can control. Take an illustration from our daughter. Remember her? She's the one in the last episode who shared her very honest opinion about the A-frame cabin we were staying in. It's puny. I don't like the way it looks. It's ugly. It's puny and ugly. Yeah, she's a straight shooter. Unlike her parents who tend to be idealists, this little one calls it as it is. The off-grid cabin was puny. She's not wrong but she decided early on in this adventure she was going to build a fire pit. What are you doing? Building a fireplace so we can stay warm and we evolve some marshmallows. So I'm looking for what? They're not that easy to find. There's not a lot of what here. So while I was busy daydreaming about beautiful summer nights spent around a campfire making s'mores, she focused on her goal finding enough rocks to make a fire pit. One by one, in the rain, she found the rocks, formed the pit, and she was ready for when the sun eventually would come out. And don't you know, it sure did. And it was Source. glorious. 
It was perfect timing because my parents, who had been driving around the rest of Alaska, were back in town, and we decided to have them over for a little campfire. YouTube. Let's guide it. Let me see. Doing great. Need to get the perfect golden. Those brown. look great. See how good they. So for all you off-grid dreamers, it's good to have big dreams. Just make sure they're based in hard realities, like the rocks that built my daughter's fire pit, and unlike glaciers, which melt away at the first sign of heat. When you imagine those days spent off-grid, spend less time imagining walking outside through the fields, enjoying the warm Alaskan sun baking down upon you, and instead, Imagine how you're going to capture the sun's rays with your solar system. Or better yet, imagine a rainwater catchment system. Because trust me, there's going to be a lot of that. This was a really nice day for us. We roasted marshmallows, we told stories, we laughed. And then we actually did something that we hadn't really done much of yet. We went sightseeing. Somebody told us that there was this hike you could take along the Russian River. It was about two and a half miles in, but it would bring you to a viewing platform where you could stand and watch grizzly bears eating salmon, just like National Geographic. It sounded amazing and we decided to take the hike, but Kay and I had already learned the importance of, what neighbor John said, managing our expectations. So instead of saying we were gonna hike two and a half miles carrying crying babies both ways to see grizzly bears eating fish, we figured we'd just go to see the fish and any bears we saw would be a bonus. There were no bears, but watching all those salmon jumping through the rapids of the Glacier River, it was awesome. And I think for the first time since we'd arrived, we were actually having fun at least most of us. What? Salmon. you were catching them? Yes. My oldest son is a fishing addict. Here he was watching salmon after salmon after salmon jump right there in front of his eyes, and he couldn't catch a single one. This was not a fun family experience for him. This was torture. So in the next episode of the Alaska Off-Grid Challenge, I take the boy fishing. And while we have a blast trying to catch our very first Alaskan salmon. Look at them jumping out there. Oh, look at all them in the water right in front of me. Look at how many fish are in there swimming. Oh man, look at them. I can see like three or four right there. I got a fish. Things aren't going quite so well back at the cabin. This Laundry off-grid was one of my fears and I feel like I have been justified in being afraid of that because this is what we've got. Definitely have to find a better system for this. You know what they say about all work and no play. Oh, this is not going to be for YouTube. <laughs> oh, no? No, this is about us quitting a weekend on this thing. I mean, all right. This week I wanted to quit. Next week, it's Kay's turn. Do we quit? Find out in the next episode of the Alaska Off-Grid Challenge. This is a series, by the way, and if you haven't been following from the beginning, you probably have a lot of questions. So go on back a couple episodes in the podcast feed to the episode called Goodbye, Pennsylvania. There you can pick up this journey from the beginning. You'll learn why we're in Alaska, why we're only in Alaska for a few months, and what the off-grid challenge is all about.